Um, let me talk a, a little bit about uh, the Energy and Commerce Committee, what we're working on, what we're working toward, uh, and what we've done so far. Um, and let me start with the latter, because we've passed, I think, uh, close to 50 bills now across the House floor, one way or another, either through the full committee process or uh, the more uh, uh, direct process. Um, but of those, 85% of them bipartisan bills. So the work that, that Fred certainly did and I'm trying to do is move quality legislation that attracts bipartisan support so we can solve the problems this country faces. Um, we've passed uh, bills to reauthorize the Food and Drug Administration, uh, legislation that could have been somewhat controversial and attracted lots of different amendments and things that could have been uh, a political uh, uh, playground. Um, it did not. And we ended up not only reauthorizing the FDA, but modernizing it and opening the market for consumers uh, for um, the hearing aids at the, at the low to moderate hearing loss. And there are industries and companies out there that are innovating and want to be in that space. There are consumers, certainly, who would like to see some alternatives and what's there. And so we did that. It, it turns out it was a Joe Kennedy, um, Marsha Blackburn bill in the House and Elizabeth Warren, somebody else in the Senate, who didn't matter because it's the right thing, because we believe in the consumer first. <laughs> drives innovation competition eventually drives down price and we did that passed unanimously in the house um, the senate uh, didn't do much to make it any better passed it unanimously and went to the president and he signed it um, and, and so that's a good thing uh, and, and so we'll see medicines come to market quicker we'll see more competition in the generic market where there isn't we'll expedite approvals there and uh, consumer will benefit uh, we're looking at energy a lot to do on energy. Uh, today, Secretary Perry will be before the committee. Um, it'll be the first time we've had a cabinet secretary up. Um, took a little while to, you know, kind of get everything settled in, uh, both because of the Senate's slowness in approving appointments and that whole process. But also, I want to make sure they had time to get settled, uh, so that when we have them up here, they can speak with, with, uh, with, with full confidence and and uh, and be able to do a good job. And and so Secretary Perry will be there. Uh, we've spent a lot of time this year looking at the energy markets, the electric grid. What's a competitive electric grid look like in this century? What's a Department of Energy look like in this century? If you think about things uh, the way they were when the Department of Energy was created 40 years ago, they just celebrated that milestone this week. 40 years ago was a much different energy environment. Whether you're talking about oil and gas in America, or you're talking about electricity and uh, and, and supply, um, or you're talking about cybersecurity, things like EMP, cyber attacks. And now with the growth of, of renewable energy, um, you know, how does that interface with the grid? The law that was created 40 years ago really makes sense today the way it is. I'm not saying it doesn't, but we ought to look at it. And so we've had a pretty good series of hearings looking at uh, the energy grid um, on, on safety, security, reliability, and future. And uh, that work continues today with the Secretary uh, before the committee, talking about everything energy, and uh, you know probably some things travel. Uh, that seems to be the info thing to ask every cabinet secretary. How, how did you fly and how did you get there and all that? And I'm sure we'll spend time on that. Then we get back to the work at hand, which is what are we going to do about the nation's energy and protect it from attack, um, and and how do we make sure it's resilient? So doing a lot of a lot of work there um, on on. Uh, on telecommunications, yesterday, Jack will appreciate this, first time since uh, since before you were chairman of the subcommittee, we reauthor voted to reauthorize the FCC. 
That hasn't been done since 1990. I don't think you were chairman then, right? You probably didn't have a dream of being chairman in 1990. Um, but we did. And, and I struggled with that when I was chairman of the subcommittee because I wanted to look at the, these agencies. How are they organized? How do they operate? The, the, the business piece of the agency, and we were always concerned that if we did that, it would open the entire Communications Act to everything that everybody ever wanted to do. Now, that's full employment for many people in this town, of course, um, but we, we have an obligation as the authorizing committee to look at the functions of government as well. And so I was pleased yesterday, bipartisan vote in the subcommittee, uh, to really look at some things we can do to improve the operations of the agency itself. I've tasked Joe Barton to do the same thing with the Department of Energy, work closely with uh, Rick Perry, what's a 21st Energy Department look like? Because it's the old small business guy in me, I guess. You gotta get that right, you gotta get the structure right. We can also need to spend time on the policy. We can walk with you down at the same time and do both. Um, this week, yesterday was member day uh, on opioids. Uh, as you know, this incredible scourge that swept our country and left death in its way and destruction is something we have to address at every level of the chain. And we're doing that from the pharmaceutical level to the distribution level to uh, the take back level, if you will. Uh, October 28th, I believe, is National Take Back Day. Uh, we're trying to encourage and facilitate places where you can uh, take back medicines you no longer need, rather than leave them in the medicine cabinet, uh, which often leads to them getting in the wrong hands one way or the other. You know, I, I was, did a couple of opioid roundtables in my district. Uh, uh, Friday and Monday. And we were talking about the take back and, and some of the limitations on it, what you can and can't do it, where you can and can't do this. And I, I finally, it just hit me. See, you know, when I go to Staples, get a new ink cartridge for my printer, I take the old one back. You know, in Oregon, we've had the bottle bill since 1971 about recycling cans and bottles. We take them back. How the heck is it we have this medicine distribution network where it's not easy to just automatically in your mind go, oh, I'll take that one back. And I think we're getting there as a country. And their pharmaceutical groups are now engaging in that and opening and thinking differently about that law enforcement as well. But this opioid epidemic is uh, its tragic, it's deadly, um, and it's a disease. And we need to do more in treatment, in housing, in every piece of this uh, to, to save lives in America. And, and so the committee's focused on that. We had, as I said, member day on the 11th, and uh, members could come in. Is that the thing I've learned in this job, every member has about 50 ideas for every policy piece, and uh, I'm supposed to just pick and choose, I guess, but um, rather, I'd rather have them come in and make their case and have an opportunity to do that. So we did that yesterday, and <coughs> we'll, we'll have more work on opioids. And we're looking at what we did last year on CARA, uh, which put money forward and, and revise some of the federal laws so that, for example, you don't have to fulfill the entire prescription for your opioids. You can get partial fills, as we found too many pills out there. We're investigating this report in West Virginia, nine million pills that went through, in two years, went through a town of 400 people. Now, how does that happen? You know, so that the distribution systems, the, anyway, we're looking at, at all of those sorts of things. So energy, telecom, healthcare, all on our list. Um, and, uh, and as I say, we've got great committee members, a lot of work going on. And uh, I just thank you for the opportunity to come and share a few comments with you. But you know I'd rather get into Q&A and uh, hear what's on your mind. And so thank you, Jim, for hosting us today.
Amy. Go ahead, Amy. Thank you. Um, Amy with Target. I wanted to get your thoughts on prospects for data security legislation. Data security. Um, yeah, the good thing is every industry that's involved in that's in agreement on what we should do. <laughs> this is a huge issue. Um, and as you saw with our hearing with Equifax, Mr. Smith came to Washington. It wasn't a run on the bank. It was a run on your data. Um, and as I said, quote, the immortal words of my former colleague and friend, Lynn Westmoreland, you can't fix stupid. He said it with a little more southern drawl. You can't pick stupid. And he was right. And, and this deal on this here, as near as I can tell, and I don't mean to throw a rock, but for heaven's sakes, I mean, the CEO admits it was a human error mistake. How do you do that in today's world on everybody's data? It gets down to like one person going, nah, I don't think I have that software. Seriously? I mean, the Apache Strut software that underpinned their base for the customer dispute platform had a hole in it, their IT side was notified of the whole security side. And then they said, oh no, actually, I guess we don't have that. And then the electronic scan didn't find it either, so there's two issues there. Um, and people say, well, what are you gonna do to fix that? I don't know. The law already says you gotta maintain security of data. Um, I, I'm not gonna prescribe the flow chart in the law on how you should communicate in your own organization. Having said that, uh, we, my view is you put the consumer first in these things. And it's the consumers who are supposed to go online, just in this case, but in others, and figure out what do we do now? Now what do I have to do? 145.5 million or whatever it is, 148, are inconvenienced is the least descriptive term. Uh, and they're gonna be chasing this for a long time. And then when the company uh, puts up a new website that may lack Security, there was a question about that. And then they send out the URL for the website and three times get it wrong? We have to look at the, the state threat on data and cyber, and we are. Um, we have to look at the consumer cost and convenience. And I think the business industries need to figure this out, or we will. And, and I'm, we're going to have to. And I, I don't know what that is. Um, so you're going to see us continue to probe and poke and, and do our thing to, to look into it, to try and come to terms. The best thing that could happen is for the industries involved to figure it out and bring us something that looks like a workable solution. But multiple hearings I did over the years on cybersecurity and all, every witness on every panel said, please don't overreact in this space and lock us into a technology or a process um, because you'll cause us to misallocate our capital and resources and the bad guys will be around whatever you do in a heartbeat. So this has to be something that uh, can ebb and flow and evolve. Uh, but people want somebody held accountable when they've done nothing wrong and have to deal with the problem going forward. So I don't work we're working on it. Square heads. Uh, yeah. Chairman Steve Bigley with Grand 